Thank you very much, uh, Sam, Naomi, and Eric, for leading us in our song worship this evening. And thank you for staying for the sermon, not getting up and walking out. That's always uh, something good to see. We're turning again to Ephesians and to chapter 3, where we've been given the title, Praying with Confidence. I don't know if you've come across the phrase imposter syndrome. Do you know what that is, imposter syndrome? Where you're put in a position where you really don't think you're quite up to it, and you certainly don't have uh, a lot behind you, uh, and you feel your inadequacy. That's just about prayer, not just about confidence either. So praying with confidence is going to be my challenge to me as well as my uh, hopefully challenge and encouragement to you. We're going to stop and think about this one aspect of praying. Sometimes praying can sound like uh, if, but, if it's your will, Lord, and we seem to lack some confidence. Or we sometimes pray, people pray, actually I don't, but some people pray for rain when we need rain. Do you do that? Pray for rain? And then you leave the room or the house or the church and you have no umbrella. There is no real expectation that rain will come. So there can be, can't there, in our praying, something that sounds like we're not really that sure or that confident. That's what we're going to kind of address this evening. Sometimes praying feels to me like doggy paddling, not getting very far, very fast. And we would rather be that clean, practiced stroke of a sinner, swimmer, sinner, swimmer gliding through the water. Do you rather your prayers were like that? That's not the only reason that I've asked my wife, Nikki, to read the passage to us from Ephesians chapter 3. God's grace given me through the work of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles <coughs> the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of his mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, through faith in him, oh, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which, you, which are your glory. <clears throat> for this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom his whole family in heaven on, on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know that love that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask <coughs> or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. pray. Father, as we take the words of this passage this evening, would you open our hearts and our minds to hear that which each of us individually need, so that we're sent out to live in the light of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I came across a quote once that a theologian once said that all good sermons are heresy. The explanation, before Tom grabs the microphone for me, is the reason is that all good sermons will weight one good point so well that other truths have to be sidelined. So this is not a generic, complete sermon on prayer. This is about prayer in confidence straight out of this passage that we are looking at. And three basic questions. Why confidence? What confidence? And how confident? Why confidence? Verse 12. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I could sit down now, couldn't I? It's been said. It's in him and by faith. And those are my two points under why confidence. Tim Keller wrote, prayer is the way to experience a powerful confidence that God is handling our lives well, that our bad things will turn out for good, our good things cannot be taken from us, and the best things are yet to come. That's our, our hope, our expectation our longing, if you like. We have confidence because we are in him, in Christ. And we have confidence in our praying because we pray and live by faith. Paul is essentially saying, because you're in Christ, all of this potential enter, uh, arises for you as a believer. This term, in Christ, in him, is a recurring theme through, I think, all of Paul's writings in the New Testament. These days, we often talk more about inviting Jesus into our lives, and we think of it about him coming to us. But when we've come to him, and we've received him, we are, as we read in Romans just a few weeks ago, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You move from receiving Christ to being in Christ. Your life is hidden in Christ, he says, elsewhere in the heavenly realms. These nuggets of truth describe us. So if I asked you this evening, you probably wouldn't answer in this way, but you could. Who are you? I am Mike in Christ. In Christ. That's my security and the position in which I am in. As a believer, saved by grace, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we are in him, 
in Christ. I'm going to get a bit of repetition in this talk, so uh, bear with me or take it on board. Uh, I'm sure you have already. We're in Christ, Christ who is the one who came and who calmed the sea, who healed the sick, who gave sight to the blind, and, and then he brought hope and salvation to the world, eternal life. And we often remember, don't we, at Easter, when Jesus died, the, the temple uh, curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, opening up the way to God, opening up a freedom of opportunity because now as we turn to Christ, we become in Christ so that we can come in prayer confidently amongst other things. In 1 John 5, the apostle writes this, this is the confidence that we have towards him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What's the point of praying if that isn't true? What's the point of coming together to pray if we don't believe that in Christ we come to the one who will work his purposes out through our prayers? We can have that amount of confidence. Someone wrote about this. This means you don't need to feel sheepish or embarrassed when you come to Jesus' throne of grace. You can come boldly to seek mercy in your time of need. So he goes on to say, use your God-given authority without flinching as you boldly and unashamedly put God in remembrance of his promises. You're in Christ, it's incredible what opportunity that gives us as a people who can pray. But secondly, we need to pray in faith or by faith. Paul says that, in him and through faith. In him, we can pray. Pray confidently. This is not a blind determination of positive thinking. This is coming before the great God of the universe because we're in Christ and have faith in God. Last week, literally to the hour, I stood on the steps outside, steps, the step through the door at the front of the church on the phone to my niece, who was uh, in bits. She was crying her heart out because her little seven-year-old, seven-week-old baby was in a very difficult place in ICU and all of that, the high-dependency unit. And at some point in that, she's not a follower of Jesus. At some point in that, she said, you must pray for me, you must pray for me. She'd already said that in the morning. And we prayed for her on and off, and people here had prayed for her. So I said, shall I pray for you right now on the phone? And for the first time in her life, because this has happened before different situations, she said, yes, please. So I stood on the step praying for her and her little baby, uh, this time last week. I left the call, came back into church, and uh, I got a call the next morning. I told her she could phone right through the night. Didn't fancy that bit, but you have to do it, don't you? And the next morning, she phoned me just as I was about to leave the house. She said, it's my miracle baby. He's, he's, he's recovering. Now, they'd given him some medicine, some injections and so on. Uh, but during the night, he had taken a turn for the better. 
And the other miracle within that was that her partner had pleaded with the hospital to allow the three nappies before they made the decision. I'm not going to go into the detail of what that meant. Three nappies. They wanted to do it after one nappy. He said, can we do it after three? I think God can work his purposes out, can't he, through people who are not seeking his face, but others are seeking his face for them. God heard. They came home or went home on Wednesday. On what can I base my confidence? It's the fact that I'm in Christ, but I can pray in faith. And there is a, there is a kind of bonus to our relationship with Jesus. There are lots of bonuses, but remember, I'm just focusing on one thing tonight. Do you remember Paul writing to the Romans? He said, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ, or the word about Christ. And I thought about that, I was focusing on that. I thought, this is a meat feast. Sorry for those of you who are vegetarians, but this is a real meat feast of our, that feeds our faith. The Bible is a meat feast of truth that can feed our faith and grow the confidence we have to pray. I don't know whether you can say, I can't get enough of it. I can't get too much of it can't learn too much about it. I think staying somewhat single-minded about our prayer life needs us to stay single-minded about drawing and benefiting from in so many hundreds of ways from God's own word to us. No shortcuts, no diversions or good intentions. We just need to get into the book more and more and more and more. I think it was probably about six or seven years ago, so it was before we uh, came to St. Michael's and before we ever expected to be in an Anglican church, I had begun to use the lectionary readings. And for having been all of my life in churches that believe in the Bible, it is coming across the lectionary readings every single day that gives you a breadth of scripture that is second to, well, maybe there are other schemes, but this one works. You get a psalm, you get an Old Testament reading, you get a New Testament reading, and that's what we use uh, twice a week in morning prayer because it's a way of taking in something of a broad scope of Scripture and the power of the Word to to breathe life into us, feed our faith, grow our faith. And as, as faith grows so can our confidence. Why do we have confidence? Because we're in Christ and because we have faith, we're feeding that faith. Secondly, what confidence? Well, I set our little prayer partners sitting over there a task this evening. I asked them, would you write a prayer each? And there's some gold here. Dear God, I pray that you will help people who suffer from syndromes and desires, uh, diseases like cancer. I also pray for people who are wrongly accused just because of their skin color. So God, please help those people. Dear God, thank you that we have an amazing church family. And we pray for those people who don't have as much as we do. We pray for people in need and struggling with global warning 
warming. We pray for the animals that are endangered and the people who don't know Jesus, but also for the amazing people that are preaching your word. Thank you. Uh, to people who don't know Jesus. I think she's talking about her dad, actually. Dear God, please can you help people who can't afford a home, can't uh, survive in these troubled times. Thank you that we can have these wonderful privileges. We can enjoy our time together and we are thankful for food banks across South End. Heavenly Father, please help those in the war of Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Palestine and bring peace throughout the nations. I also want to ask for all of the evil wrongs in the world that they'll be forgiven and repaid with love. A little note here says, green means go. Make of that what you'd like to. I mean, I, I just, I'm just bowled over. It was a bit of a risk. I didn't know what I'd get. I'm bowled over. And you may not have yet worked out why I'm bowled over, but it is because they are so confident and do not assume that God won't hear an answer. It's just a, it's a statement of fact. We need God to do these things. Confident in praying. I remember as a teenager in a prayer meeting, uh, we used to have a midweek meeting with preaching and uh, uh, prayer when I was a teenager, and the preacher hadn't arrived. And um, so at some point in the prayer time, I, I had to stand up at that, in that situation. So I stood up and I just prayed that God would bring him safely now. And the door opened, and he walked in. Uh, people thought it was a miracle, but I, I'm not so sure about that. But it was just that fact that you can ask, and God will hear that needs to be recognized. So let's get a bit more complicated, if you like, and have a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, the next kind of main paragraph, if you like. I could read it all again, but you've got it, if you've got it in front of you, he says, in the midst of this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. No ifs, no buts. No if it's your will. Straight down the line, determined and without equivocation, these are the things Paul says, I'm praying for you, the Ephesian Christians. No use of ambiguous language to conceal the absolute need or to avoid overcommitting ourselves, himself. I'm not saying we can always be that certain, but I am saying we should be able to be more committed and certain because we have confidence in the one to whom we are praying, and we're praying because we're in him and by faith that is being fed through and by Scripture. I don't know if you've been in a situation where you've got a few people, maybe three, four people are around and you're going to have a takeaway. The first question is, which takeaway, which kind of takeaway should we have? Do we go Chinese? Do we go Indian? Do we go pizza? It's a no-brainer for me, but that's a, that's a different story. And, and eventually you decide which of the pizza places, which of the places you're going to get, uh, get your, your takeaway from. And then you start going down the menu. And you go to, uh, let's say, um, let's say Andy, just for sake of argument. Say, Andy, what would you like? And Andy says, well, I'd love to have a meat feast because he's got a man after my heart. 
Um, I'd love to have a meat feast, but if you want to order a Hawaiian, then that's okay. Or maybe if you prefer to have a, a seafood pizza. Uh, he's screwing his face up. I agree. And you know that, that kind of like nobody will make up their own mind. Nobody will clearly say what they want. And in the end, if you're the person who's going to put the order in, you just want to say, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Because this is just wasting so much time and energy, and I'm getting hungry. Well, let's take another look at this prayer of Paul. Or if you take a look at the Lord's Prayer, I did that in the week and thought about the Lord's Prayer is so definite. We don't pray, uh, give us today our daily bread. Please, can you fill the supermarket so that I can go and get what I need or want? Um, or, or maybe you could give me another £20 in the bank and I, I can afford to go. You just say, give us our daily bread. You have confidence, boldness, straightforwardness. Pray the prayer. But notice as well in those prayers, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer of Paul to the, about the Ephesians, and the other prayers we read in the New Testament, what you don't get is them saying, do this this way or that way, or what we want you to work in this direction, the, the definite statement is a definite statement that doesn't seek to manipulate God or make up the circumstances that have to develop because we're praying. It's about stating the fact with confidence and hearing God speak, provide, do whatever it is. We say, or maybe we should be able to say, what are the desires of our heart? Because our heart is being fed by the scripture so that we have some idea of the things that God will do because we are praying. So we are back to soaking ourselves in the book. You can't get too far from the book when you come to think about praying. So some other suggestions. You see, alongside the... Um, the, the lectionary, there is a collect, a prayer for each and every day. You can go to the Church of England website, and there it is in big letters at the bottom, the collect for the day. And I've been looking at the collects that I've seen over the last few weeks or days, and I realized something quite, for me, quite revelation, or re it revealed something. These collects are simply restating Scripture restating scripture so if that's helpful have a look at the collects but more than that one of the great things about being a follower of Jesus is Jesus himself he's right there right center stage isn't he uh, we seek to follow him we're his disciples we're his learners we are seeking to live his words so we have been given everything we need when we're in Christ, because we have Jesus. He is, according to the writer to the Hebrews, the high priest who understands our weaknesses so we can approach God with confidence and find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. As if that wasn't enough, God has sent his Holy Spirit Jesus promised that, didn't he, before he left his disciples um, and ascended back to heaven. 
And Paul writing to the Galatians says, live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if we're to pray confidently, another thing that we, not thing, another aspect that we need to focus our thoughts on is the Holy Spirit being able to equip us and be able to put in our hearts those things that God desires. We can pray in the Spirit. You can also rest assured that if we run out of words, remember that verse in Romans 8, where the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So our confidence can grow and develop, but needs to be thought about. We need to think more clearly, more directly. We need to recognize this opportunity, this thought pattern of praying confidently uh, in our prayers. And thirdly, how confident? I think this is the cherry on top of the cake, if this was a cake. Paul is reminding us of the amazing God to whom we pray. Tim Keller, I will finish roughly with him. How could we approach him with complete confidence? It's because God became like us, equally mortal, subject to suffering and death. He did it so we could be forgiven and justified by faith, apart from our efforts and merits. That's why we can draw near. Do you remember all those contrasts between the gods of gold and silver and wood and so on in the Old Testament? You see it in the Psalms and elsewhere. There's no one like our God. No one more powerful than our God. God, the creator, the incomparable. One preacher put it like this. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him out of your, off your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. This is the one to whom we pray. With freedom and with confidence. After all, Paul makes it clear in these last verses, just much the same as I've just been saying, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or think or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That was a pretty low-key amen for such a verse. Let's pray. Challenge is now to pray with confidence and no equivocation, isn't it? Let me try. Father, I thank you for each person in this church this evening. And I pray that as a result of being in your presence, in your word, and hearing your word, our prayers this week will be prayed with confidence and boldness. In Jesus' name, amen.